Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I have a returning guest and you know how I love having guests on multiple times because I think it's super fun to just see where they're at, see what new ventures are. And today we are talking to Peter H. Reynolds. Uh, He's a a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator of many books for children, including Happy Dreamers, The Word Collector, Say Something, Be You, and Our Table. He was also the illustrator of When Things Aren't Going Right, Go Left. And we uh, had him on for that particular book with uh, the author, Mark. Uh, Giovanni, I think I can still say it right. Um, and his books have been translated into over 25 languages around the globe and are celebrated worldwide. In 1996, he founded Fable Vision with his brother Paul as a social change agency to help create stories that matter, stories that move. Um, and he lives in Dedham, Massachusetts with his family. Please welcome Peter Reynolds to the podcast. Welcome back. Heather, so awesome to be back. We kind of blinked and and here we are back together again. I love and, it. And uh, last time we spoke, you you just um, left such an impression. So I just was super excited. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I loved our conversation last time. And um, of course, it was with another collaborator. And that book has done really well. Uh, um, if things aren't going right, go left. Yeah. which since we last chatted, uh, Scholastic Western Woods uh, wanted to do an animated film version. So right. that we're just finishing that up now. So um, that should be ready in the spring of next year for schools um, added to the collection. I have, I now have, I think 11, 11 of my stories are now animated films. It's a little fun fact. A lot of people don't know that like the dot and ish, um our table all of those books are now animated films so i think it's fun for kids to see well everyone to see that a book or a story right a story can be shared in a lot of different ways you can share it in a song you can share it around the campfire you can share it as a book you could share it as a musical you could share it as an animated film so yeah uh, so yeah so um and, and and speaking of of musicals my my book the dot and sky color is touring the country theaterworks usa just uh they're they just finished producing a one-hour musical and it is on a two-year tour of the united states so if listeners happen to see it uh playing at a theater a performance center near them uh definitely catch the show it's awesome my twin brother Paul and I uh, caught a couple of the rehearsal uh, shows in New York City, and it's it really is it's um, it kind of works for all ages. It's very inspirational, and I think Paul and I both wept <laughs> during Aww. the ish sequence. It's just so it it's um, it's going to inspire everybody to um, be a little bit braver and you know share their voice 
with the world, which is what, you know, all of my work is about. Um, and speaking of sharing voices, you know, I finally, after 12, well, 10 years, I got my son to share his voice. And that's, um, that's why we're together again, because we have yeah. this new book. All we need is love and a really soft pillow. Uh, well, you loving the, just the, the title of it for sure. And then um, the message in it is amazing because it's, it takes all the, you know, it builds upon itself with um, material things and things that we think we need. And then at the end, you know, it's, it's all love and your roots and each other is what, you know, leaves you with. So it's, it's a great message for kids for sure. Thank you. Thank and adults, you. honestly, I mean, right. We yeah. learn a lot from kids as adults. We, we, we do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. The book, the book sort of, yeah, it, it explores that question, like, what do we need? What do we want? Right? We want a lot of stuff, and we kind of end up with a lot of stuff. There's certainly this, the, the, the things we actually need, like right. you know, food and shelter, and um, and in a very gentle way, we wanted to, um, you know, we wanted people to think about the things in their life lives that are really important, and. If, of course, in the center of that is are the people that we love, and we want to encourage people to actually spend time with each other and appreciate. You know, you don't you don't need you don't need all this incoming stuff when you've got you know you've got great humans around you, and they have stories inside of them, and they have insight and wisdom and hugs, and you know, you've got a lot right there. You don't need to look too far. Um, yeah, and. Uh, so yeah, so that the the book is a celebration of unconditional love. Yeah, and so like when we moved, me and my children, the stuff, the amount of stuff <laughs> that I was like, how did we accumulate? And we're moving to a smaller house, so some of the stuff needs to go. Mm -hmm. And I'll say like half of it they never asked about. There's things that they don't need, things I didn't need that I was able to like fluff off because it was like, what is it really necessary? Mm -hmm. Be intentional with your spaces on what you really need to put in there, you know? Yeah. That's one of the silver linings, right? Of moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? I, do I really want to bring this stuff with me? Is it worth it? Um, we do accumulate a lot of stuff. And have you ever heard the uh, the George Carlin uh skit whatever the sketch about um uh stuff no i love him though he's got he is great if you if yeah. you google george carlin stuff you will find a, a really insightful and very hilarious piece about stuff and how we humans love to collect stuff and when we have too much stuff we actually we sell our stuff at yard sales and other people come and buy our stuff <laughs> to add to their stuff. And when you've got too much stuff, you there are actually places you can store your stuff in storage uh, facilities and you can collect stuff. And when you run out of stuff, you can, you can get another storage facility and um, it just, it goes on and on and on. But um, you know, the uh, in the store, in this story, you know, you see the characters Poppy and little one and they, they start with nothing except each other. And then they begin to add things. Like a soft pillow. Like is... a soft pillow, which is actually inspired by an actual real conversation with my son, Henry. Um, 
aka Henry Rocket. And who did he did he just collaborate with the story or did he help with the drawings as well? Well, his he does he loves he uh um he likes to draw like fluffy these strange creatures. So I thought to myself, well, I'm gonna adapt the creatures instead of humans, we'll do creatures, which actually in a way makes this story more universal because you've got one big fluffy creature, um, Poppy, and this little kind of pink and blue, <laughs> like basketball sized creature named Little One. With and their feet, because that's the name of yours. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think because you're creatures, they really could be anybody. And I never really kind of say, I mean, Poppy sounds like Poppy, right? Papa, or, but it, they're also, I have a, a friend who is female whose name is Poppy. Um, so it, I kind of wanted, and a little one could be a boy or a girl. So I want, you know, we wanted this book to be universal. And uh, actually, as a kid myself, I actually loved drawing creatures because no one could tell you you were drawing them wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> if you're trying to draw a horse, you're like, they're like, oh, you know, the legs are too long. Or, but if you're drawing a creature, you could throw a couple of wings on there, or a long tail, some horns, yeah. and it's like, wow, that's really cool. So, so yeah. So the character is very whimsical, um, and these these they they mimic this conversation that Henry and I had on this uh, walk along the beach during COVID. Um, we we escaped our uh, safety pod during COVID. And we, right. we went and at, at some point we realized like, oh yeah, you could actually leave your, you could leave right. your house. You could actually leave and not get arrested or in trouble right? outside. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. There, were, there were lots of safe places like being outside and breathing fresh air. And so we went to Brewster, Massachusetts, where my mom yeah. um, has a, a cottage. So she has a little cottage, um, near the the seashore so we took a little walk along the beach and it was just this really glorious moment the sun was setting and there was this golden light on henry's face and i said where's my cell phone i gotta take a picture and i searched for my cell phone i did not have my cell phone and i and it was just one of those like little aha moments like do you know what i don't need my cell phone <laughs> Because I've got, I have Henry. I have this moment. Like you don't need to record everything, and, uh, and I looked at this sweet child, and my heart just, you know, like was ready to burst. I'm like Henry, I've got everything I need. You know, I've got you. You've got me. We've got love. What else do we need? Rhetorical question. And then Henry, being a clever little ten year old, said, "Well, a really soft pillow would be nice." And I'm like, so I chuckled and I'm like, this is true. So a really soft pillow, you, me, love, that's it. That's all we need. Life is simple. Life is sweet. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, chocolate would also be nice. So he immediately, he's a bit of a comedian. So he, um, you know, he started adding to the list The as we walked along, he kept adding. By the time we got back to the cottage, I, you know, I said to Henry, we, I think we've got a story here. I said, can you remember the conversation? So he picked up a pencil and he, I grabbed a piece of paper and he wrote down the conversation. And I looked at it and I said, Henry, I think, I think this is a book. So we sent it to Scholastic in New York City. They said, we love it. Let's make a book. The world needs 
this book as a reminder that, um, uh, you know, because if you if you read the book, you'll find out that, yes, Poppy and Little One, the characters that that are kind of echo me and me and Henry, um, they collect all this stuff. And I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the or the middle part anyway, the, the drama is that they lose all of these things. And in the end, they only have each other. And uh, little one actually at the very the very last line says, um, you know, he says he's like, oh, Poppy, we lost everything. And Poppy says, well, we have, you know, you have me, I have you, we have love, we have all we need. And then you turn the page, the last page, you see little one nestled on top of this very fluffy, soft um, Poppy. And little one says, yes, and a really soft pillow. Yeah. Which of course, you know, in the end, you don't even need the pillow because if you have someone that you love, they are your pillow. You know, I mean, sometimes literally you can nestle into them, but there, right. it's also metaphoric that, you know, it's someone that provides you comfort, someone you can rest with and forget um, the worries of the day. And you can heal and repair. And um, so, so yeah, so that's that's the book. It's such a great, it's, it's very colorful and it's very, I mean, when I got it in the mail, you see, all we need is love. And I just think of the <laughs> Beatles song. <laughs> oh, the Beatles. Oh yes. I've heard of the Beatles. <laughs> but you know, um, but really soft pillow. I was like, that's a kid spin for sure. And then when I saw that right. it was with your son, which I love his name, Henry Rocket Reynolds. Love oh, it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the Rocket was my, my addition. His mother... <laughs> His mother chose Henry and I said, well, I got to get Rocket in there somewhere. He's he, this kid is a rocket. I just know it. And so Henry Rocket Reynolds, I think that's that has a nice ring to it. How cool does he like does he think it's because he sees his dad do this a lot. Right. So now that he's involved, is this his first one with you? Or yeah. Ever? And how does he taking all of it in? Well, I, th I think this is a really cool bonding moment for us because, yeah, he's seen me doing my thing and he sees me being very busy doing my thing. And I'm always working on, you know, uh, books and films and um, having him be a part of this helps him understand not only what I'm doing, but also, you know, it's like, Hey, wow. You know, I, um, you know, I could do this too. And one never knows. It'll be interesting to see um, if he carries on, he's already got his notebook filled with, with sketches and he's coming up with ideas and it's kind of cool because he kind of gets it that a story, a really good story has an idea deep inside of it. It's not just like, you know, oh, once upon a time there was a potato who sold mittens. You know I mean? You can write a story. You can string a lot of words together. Will they move you? Will they make you think deeper, deeper thoughts? He's actually already thinking, um, you know, he's like, you know, finding these, these bigger ideas to, you know, using story to get people thinking and pondering um, life's big questions. Um, and he's a funny guy. He's a comedian. He loves comedy. In fact, I snagged some tickets to um, Jerry Seinfeld for him this past weekend. I was on a book tour, so I could, I couldn't, um, I actually, he did not come on my book tour because, or our book tour, because he has school because he's right. only, he's, he's 12 years old. Yeah, but I, I <laughs> but a consolation prize was that he got to see Jerry Seinfeld live 
um, in Boston. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of feeding his interest in in comedy, which, you know, comedy is storytelling. Just about to say that it's, right? it's exactly what it is. Just. Yeah. And it's seeing it's it, you know, great comedians are great observers of life. And they're also they're they tap into psychology of, you know, uh, you know, what makes us really interesting humans, which, you know, we have foibles and we make our mistakes and self-deprecating humor. Right. Self-deprecating. And it's it's a way for us to kind of explore the human condition. So. um, So, yeah. So Henry Henry is a he, he is a funny guy. I hope you get to meet him someday. Maybe, hopefully. I mean, you guys have some more big ideas too. I mean, I think I try to, I have kids around the same age, like my oldest is going to be 10 in November. So, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they see the world differently and much, I, they see it much clearer, I think, because as adults, mm-hmm. we fuzzy it up with our own life experiences, right? And right. stigma yeah. and opinions. So it's, you know, the the soft pillow is so simple. <laughs> and yet so true yeah and very, like childlike as well i i do think i mean this was a great exercise for me to um you know to write a story with him and create this book uh but you know everyone listening uh you, you know i remind you you have stories to tell and you're probably hanging out with people who are telling you stories you may not even know that they're a story but like i have story radar when people are talking to me i'm like you know, they might be telling me about some, you know, trauma of being in kindergarten. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's actually a universal story. That's a pretty good story. You should write that down. And so I just encourage everyone listening to have your story radar on because there are probably stories um, that are just circling you right now. And how fun would it be to collaborate with someone, um, someone you love um, and it doesn't, you don't have to have it published by Scholastic. You could share it at, maybe it's a holiday gift. Maybe it's a birthday present, which actually I, I have a daughter, Sarah, who, um, has a son now. So I'm a grandfather. And, Ooh. um, uh, okay. but when she was six years old, I wrote her a story, um, in a restaurant to just to kind of keep her from being completely bored out of her mind and wanting to leave. So I wrote yeah. her a story <laughs> called the blue shoe um, which I actually turned it into an animated film. So if you search Blue Shoe, Peter Reynolds, um, there is the story I wrote for my my daughter. And I gave that to her as a, as a it's not a book. So, uh, but a friend of mine saw, saw the book that I had given her. It was a hand done, hand watercolored book uh, called The Blue Shoe. And my friend Gary Goldberger said, oh, we should make that into an animated film. So it became an animated film, but it, it's never been a book. The only book that exists is the one that I gave her. And I gave it to her as, as a birthday present when she was maybe six or seven years old. So just putting it out there, guys, you don't need to go, <laughs> you don't need to go out shopping to to give a gift. You can give um give a story. Why not a story? Yeah. I used to tell my kids a story and they still remember it. And I have a hard time remembering it because they were little, but it was about our dogs and taking them for a walk. It was almost like a three bears type situation where like the Mm -hmm. leashes were too big or too small, but they still will sometimes be like, can you tell me the story about the dogs? And I'm like, dogs. And I'm like, oh my (laughs) God, like that was like on a, off the cuff, just trying to get y'all to go sleep. (laughs) I was just trying to. The, 
you know, I my challenge to you is write that story down. Um, in fact, I always tell people, do not forget your brilliant ideas. And some of the most brilliant ones are the ones that kind of spill out accidentally, especially when you're around kids. Uh, and teachers are having these, I call it accidental brilliance. Your stuff is coming out of your mouth, you know, to inspire kids, to make connections, um, to encourage kids. And, you know, teachers, great teachers really know, you know, um, they know how to wing it. And sometimes things just kind of pop out of your mouth. Like when I was working with some kids and this kid was drawing a tiger and he was upset with it. He started to erase it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you erasing your tiger? And he's like, oh, he's like, well, it's supposed to be a tiger, but it doesn't look like one. And I'm like, it's tigerish. And he's like, tigerish. And I'm like, yeah, it's got, you know, tiger energy. I, I love it. And all the kids around in the classroom started showing me their drawings, monkey-ish, you know, jungle-ish, snake-ish. And I'm like, wow, that word-ish really works. And so I just wrote it down on a piece of paper while it became a book. It's the sequel to uh, the Dot uh, book. And for, I do 19 years, it's been out there in the world. And um, so... So yeah, you accidental brilliance. You know, do not forget your your ideas. I'm glad I wrote it down because um, it would be sad to forget. Um, yeah. So yeah. Because there's always ideas flowing, and I mean, I'm always told like you should write a book about all that. I'm like, ah, oh, no one wants to hear about it. Or I I'm <laughs> one of those that want to put like a funny spin on it or lighten it up a little bit. Um, I've always thought about writing. Um, actually reached out to a friend of mine that is also a, a, a he's a an, a, a, an author. Um, but I was like, I would love for him to like illustrate it because I can draw and I'm not terrible, but you know, just putting, you know, an external look onto mm -hmm. the story sure. to make it more universal and not just super just in the zone. But, you know, um, I've always done like the creative stories and that was always my creative side of growing up. But I never really, it's so daunting to think about. And so I guess my question for you is because you do this all the time because you're like, Oh, send it to scholastic and they'll see, cause hmm. you know, but for your son, does he just, because you have the connections think that it's super easy or is that something that, um, <laughs> right. I, knew, I mean, <laughs> like breaking, breaking, <laughs> breaking into any business is tough. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. When they have, um, is there, there's like this whole thing about like, um, you know, like actors, if actors, you know, they, you've got kids. Oh, but who I you think, know. <laughs> right. It, but I mean, in life, it does actually, you know, if you've got someone, someone, you know, in the biz, it does help. Um, and also they could be your role model as well, but it isn't an easy thing to get published with a big publisher, but it is easy to get published by, you know, by yourself. And there's so many tools right now. And, and I'll tell I'll tell you, my very first book was self-published. The North Star was a self-published book. So I didn't need to convince anyone that it was a great idea. I just thought it was. And I naively thought, if I print up a bunch of copies, I can sell them. So this was back before self-publishing. And you had to pay up front. And it was a lot of money because it was $5 back then. It was $5 per book. And I think the minimum quantity was 2000 copies. So oh. that, that was a lot of money to lay out. And, um, um, and then I, but I, because I believed in it so much, I think people, you know, they got excited 
And I decided, you know, I'm going to have a book launch. And so I, I rented a floor. Uh, the Boston Children's Museum had, uh, you could rent it out at night. And it turns out it wasn't that much money. It was like 500 bucks. And so I had an event at the Boston Children's Museum, you know, the launch of the North Star book. And I actually showed the the uh, the Blue Shoe animated film, which we had just finished. So it was kind of a lot of fun stuff. And I did a book signing. And anyway, we sold all the books. All 2,000 books were sold. And then a this Texan billionaire flew in on his jet. True story. He flew in on his jet and he said, I got a copy of this book, The North Star. Peter, this is my philosophy. My whole life philosophy has always been that you carve your own path. And I have been telling my employees this all the time. You know, I don't have a job for you. You have a job for me. You know, you create that job. And um, uh, he said, I want to buy, um, I want to buy 5,000 copies of the book. And um, he said, half, I want you to sell, you can sell some of these season, but I want you to, I want you to give away um, a couple of thousand copies for free, just for kids who would maybe not necessarily get a, a, a book. I want you to find them. He said, I trust you. You don't even have to tell me. You don't have to report back. Just promise me kids who need this book will get it. And so he wrote this checkout. He jumped back on his plane <laughs> and, um, and so I ordered up um, a boat, a boatload of books, and we went downtown Boston. We handed them out. There was a conference for early um, for literacy for early uh, early readers, and um, we gave them to teachers. We gave them to kids. There were a lot of other ways we got the books out there, but it was really, you know, I. But this all just came from believing in my story. I felt like I like this. The world needed this book. And I took the plunge and I self-published it. But then there are lovely human beings out there who will find your story. It will resonate with them. And um, and then, yeah, you keep going. So here I am 27 years later after that, it, that, that book came out. And I still have lots more to share. Yeah, that's uh, what's nice about yeah. stories is, right? There's always going to be new ones to produce. And you have such a great talent and... Um, eye and ears for it. You and I were speaking before and you're like, that's, that's a good book idea. I'm like, yeah, you know, but then thinking, but I have, um, you know, like my daughter, like kids come up with the strangest things. So you always want to write them. My daughter has vitiligo and, um, she started a new school this year and she never really was bothered by some of the spots that she had. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I've got some scars from some back surgery. So I say like mom has stripes and you have spots. And so she wanted like, a dog with spots like her. And so she was nervous at this new school about what the kids would say. And cause her other kids already kind of knew what it was. Cause she was at that school mm -hmm. for so long and uh, she's been coming home. Like they keep asking me what they are and how they get them and where I, you know, how they could too. And I said, you know, you're special. And so we've really tried to drive it home. Cause she's decided she doesn't want to do any more treatment to get rid of them. Mm. And so um, unless it, you know, she started getting made fun of. And I said, well, you know, it's you and that's your choice. So now she's eight. And so she can speak and advocate. So trying to think of a way to do that as a learning path for kids that see someone that's different, but mm -hmm. it's physical on their skin and, um, you know, how kids can cope with it. Cause I was so nervous for her 
when she had it at three, like kids are cruel. They're going to make right. fun of her girls, especially, but she, if anyone's going to get it, this is a great girl to have it. Cause she's very strong, but That's uh, right. yeah. So, you know, there's always things that can come of that. Right. Yeah. Um, right. This, when you, when you're living a situation, when you're a frontline and you think, yeah, how could, how could a story help people understand and be, you know, well, in general, I think people need to be kinder. So, I mean, more stories to remind people that, you know, um, uh, that kindness is, uh, is a great way to, right. It's, it, it, it makes everything easier. Um, and just being accepting of, of differences. And there are some lovely books out there, um, but there's room for more. So if anybody wants to write a book about kindness, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. open for biz, but um, mm -hmm. this and, and it, you know, takes us back to all we need is love and understanding. And just, you know, I think that that message just needs to be driven so much more, especially with like everything external happening. It really mm -hmm. just is it right back to just, that's, the core of any relationship yeah yeah so yeah all we need is love and a really soft pillow and and um and by the way in the in the book the the characters lose everything um and uh they i like to tell people that you know a story um continues right so the poppy and little one have each other but of course they're going to rebuild their lives and you know, there are a lot of people out there who have experienced, unfortunately, with climate change um, or just financial difficulties. You know, people do lose. They either lose a lot or they, they can sometimes lose everything. And if you look around the world at, you know, uh, people who lose their home because of war, um, they, they're they migrating. They've got, they basically just grab what they can carry and they start rebuilding a new life. And so this book is about love and I'm trying to remind people that, yeah, we can use our love to, to make sure that everybody has shelter, that they do have water, that they do have sanitation, that they have education. And if you look through the, in this book, they're collecting these things that are actually quite necessary. I, I would say chocolate would be the only one that <laughs> is debatable. Although my son, Henry is like, no, chocolate is essential. Um, but you know, Decorations uh, for the house, like the sign. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, but, you know, there, there are these things that these guys are collecting that really aren't, it's not luxury. You know, it's the you really need these things. And there are a lot of communities that don't have them. So this is sort of a whimsical, gentle way to remind people that, you know, how blessed we are that we have a pillow, how blessed we are. We have a, a roof over our heads, how blessed we are that we have a garden, how blessed we are that we have right food and education. And just to remind people like, do you know what? That is a blessing. Not everyone has these, uh, these, these necessary things. So let's all work together to make sure that everybody on the planet has what they, what they need. So it's a, that's a big tall order, but you know, I'm an optimist and I think that the best is yet to come. I think, Humans are still learning their lessons on um, how not to do it. And we've also got <laughs> some very good examples of how to do it. And that's what I like to remind people that, you know, um, hate is much louder than kindness and that, you know, we just have to amp up the kindness because um, there are really lovely. There's more light than dark in this world and uh, more good than bad. And that we 
can actually make more light. So, you know, together we can inspire each other to, to make more light. And this world will definitely um, be a better place in the future. Oh, a hundred percent. And I know that the world is much brighter and blessed with you in it and with all of your stories and being able to, to share these with uh, families and communities. And so I really do appreciate you coming back on the podcast and sharing your newest book. All we need is love and a really soft pillow by you and your son. And um, I think it's a, it is amazing uh, message and I really adored it and I will enjoy reading it to my kids. And I think it's again, like a great reminder to understand like there's things and then there's needs and wants and Mm -hmm. taking it right back to the foundation of family and each other. And um, this is a fantastic way to show it. Oh, well, thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, helping get the word out about the book. And I know that my son, Henry Rocket Reynolds, who's still in school at the moment, (laughs) is very appreciative too. Um, And uh, we're both thrilled that the book is doing so well. And and, um, we appreciate everyone spreading the word about it and hope that um, everyone finds a copy, uh, grab a pillow and uh, curl up (laughs) with someone you love and, and read together. Remember, don't just give kids books, but, you know, give kids that t- your time of reading with them, right? Because uh, a book is wonderful, but it's much better when you share it with a, a loving human being. Absolutely. And I guess my final question would be, is this book going to end up at Henry's school library? Uh, um, yes, absolutely. Yes. We're going to be actually doing an event at the school. Book signing at the school. We're book signing at the school. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's going to be really, really fun. That's 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 amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for being here again and sharing this. And um, I, you know, wish you guys all the best with the book. And I will be sharing this. And um, and I'm sure that we could buy it wherever books are sold. I'm and uh, on your website, can you share those links mm-hmm. verbally with us, real quick? Sure. Um, my website is my name, Peter H. Reynolds. The you have to stick the H in there. My middle name is Hamilton, based on a hip Broadway musical. So Peter H. Reynolds. And you can see all my books, my work, and my thoughts there. But there is a a site. Um, it's kind of like my little gift shop. It's it's the dot central, the dot central.com. And there you can see all of my books. You can get them autographed. Get it autographed by Henry Rocket Reynolds, their new one. And there are prints and T-shirts and pencils and all sorts of uh, cool stuff to inspire you on your journey. So the dotcentral.com. And yeah, I hope to hear from everybody. We love we love getting messages. And big thank you to all the teachers out there, um, especially because you guys are doing such a great job of not only sharing the books, but I uh, like to say activating the book. That means that you do a deep dive, think about the book, ask questions, maybe do an activity based on the book. In fact, I was just in Georgia a couple of days ago and a school head, the art teacher decided to make little miniature pillows. All the kids made miniature pillows. And so they learn how to sew, which is a very good- um, Life skill. uh, Right, is a cool life skill. And, um, and it was kind of marvelous to see all of these, I mean, I, there must've been a, you know, a few hundred pillows done by kids. So, um, it's just a fun, fun way to see the book activated. 
Absolutely. You can donate those or, you know, there's lots of good that can come of it. Um, I was That's thinking a good idea. social media, like you, you like challenge people to chat, to hashtag them reading the book with their soft pillow and, you know, getting the word out there. Well, look, you're already activating the, the books. <laughs> Heather, thank you. Those are great ideas. I'm going to write those down before I'll I write it down. Well, okay. and, I, <laughs> and I appreciate you being here. And um, I encourage the listeners to please go and catch a copy of uh, Peter H. Reynolds and his son, Henry Rocket Reynolds. All we need is love and a really soft pillow. Uh, all the links will be in the show notes for you to uh, take a peek at, along with the other works that um, we shared on this show and also uh, in the past episode. And I really hope that you'll come back and promote more books uh, Peter, and uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of the KKS and Cookies podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See you all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.